All right, it's 20 minutes to nine. It is time for Personal Mastery with Dr. Tepisoma Denji, psychologist, life coach, and personal change catalyst. This morning, how to make the perfect apology. Doc, good morning. Good morning, family. How are you guys? We are good, thank you. And how are you? I am very sorry for not being there in studio. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry with the apology language. <laughs> yeah, I think oh. Corona needs to apologize to all of us for we this. We forgive you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is humbling all of us, I tell you. Yeah. I mean, Doc, uh, there's a perfect way to apologize? Um, in a relationship, absolutely. There is a perfect way. However, because we are imperfect human beings, mm. we need to consider the fact that you always are going to have to learn about how best to apologize. So mm. in the moment, there's no perfection. But in terms of your own frame of reference, you know what a perfect apology looks like. So, Mo, if you have offended me, I need to be able to figure out for myself what needs to happen for you to be able to say an apology that I can accept and live with and make me help me in terms of forgiving and then continue with our relationship. Mm. So, from a frame of reference of the self-concept, you've got an, your own idea of what your perfect apology language would be. But with regard to me, you're going to have to learn as we're interacting about what my uh, perfect apology is because of I might know what what I need, but I don't necessarily know what you need. Mm. And that might also shift based on what the transgression is as well. Mm. Doctor, what renders an apology useless? Well, it's a couple of things. One of the ones that we know is where you are always apologizing, but the action behind it does not really indicate repentance, does not Mm. indicate that you have put in the effort to show that you are now going to act according to what the person has told you in terms of correcting mm-hmm. behavior. And that is the part that is much more helpful for people, that I forgave you, mm-hmm. I told you what I needed, you made promises that you would do right by me, yet you continue, you continue doing things that erode that sense of trust, and that makes me feel that your words are empty. So the biggest one is about that repentance. And then there's, there's a second one I think that people also struggle with, is the fact that, because I have forgiven you, you actually do not think you need to do anything to help me heal. The part that has mm. to do with restitution. Mm. Because when you have hurt somebody, you actually need to be able to understand that you need to play a role in enabling them to heal. So it's not just about saying the right things and doing the right things. You're also going to have to make little shows, acts of affection and acts of repentance that show them that you are helping them to rebuild and restore the damage that you have caused. And for the other people, it might mean a long-term uh, restitution because it's not something that you do today. You buy flowers. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I make you breakfast. It's Father's Day. I take you out. It might mean from then on I'm very intentional about how not to hurt you in other ways that might be minor in compared to the first thing that yeah. I did, but yeah. also that allows you to heal uh, symbolically in other ways that strengthens our relationship. Mm. What about the who, Doc? Does the who matter in this case? An apology to a child? Is it the same as an apology to your brother? It's different, particularly because of in terms of developmental level, but also in terms of also the types of values that underpin the relationship and the kinds of languages that the other person might have. So definitely it it, it differs. For example, if you are going to offend a colleague and in the way that you've offended the colleague, it makes them feel that I can never trust this person, that they are a partner, Mm -hmm. that they're a team player, that I can actually believe that they have my back. And if you think about it, it might be a career limiting move in terms of you moving forward. You can continue doing what you need to do as a colleague. However, I will not trust you and I will not want you to be as a team member in my in whatever project that we do. So part of 
apologizing would mean that you actually have to show this person that, look, I've got your back. I'm in this with you. I'm not just looking at advancing myself uh, at your detriment. And you are looking at that. But with regards to a sibling, think about the fact that the way we grow up, sibling rivalry, whether Mm -hmm. it is somebody that is very, very close to you or it's a cousin, you understand that as family members, we hurt each other along the way many, many times. So sometimes you might be apologizing about the fact that I bought a car and you are still a lift to. It's about other things. The fact that Mm. my parents uh, favor me over you. The fact that you have certain privileges and I do not have. So there's, it's, it's underlying, there's, there's multiple layers like an onion that in an apology with regard to that actually, actually indicates other facets about our relationship that are much more complicated. And then take the example of a child. With the child, you are having an opportunity to teach this child, not just about them recognizing that adults are not perfect and it is okay. It's an act of vulnerability. And it's also a show you're apologizing, but also you are indicating to the child that how to model that kind of behavior. Mm. Sometimes for some of us, apologizing is an indication of our self-worth. Now, for a child, they need to know and, and understand that you can do something wrong, but that doesn't mean that you are loved less, that you are worth less. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of us struggle with apologizing because we make an understanding that if I am wrong, then it means I value myself low. So I'm not going to put myself mm-hmm. low beneath you. And it's important to indicate how you can have high self-love and high self-esteem and still be willing to admit when you've done something wrong, especially when you're engaging with a child. All right, Dr. Tepisoma Denji joins us on the line this morning. It is Personal Mastery, our Monday dose of exactly that, finding the various issues that we are confronted with, dealing with the challenges we are faced with, finding ways to manage this and be better people. Today we're looking at um, the almost perfect apology and uh, just some of the factors to consider. If you have any comments, questions, uh, or even just uh, personal stories, you can tweet us, hashtag the morning flavor, or you can call us on 089-110-3377. Doc, um, something else I wanted to bring in is this. I mean, is there any value in asking somebody to apologize for something they've done? I mean, is there something productive about that? And is the apology still something of value because you're asking for it? Look, when you have been offended, it is absolutely um, imperative that you admit that you are offended. It might also indicate to you that you value this person, you are invested in their relationship, and their admission of guilt and regret and expressing it to you is important to you. Some of us, we are too proud to admit when the other person has hurt us and that we mm-hmm. actually need them to release us from that pain by them admitting that they've caused us pain. So it is an indication of vulnerability, but that's part of what strengthens and builds your character. So there is value in asking for somebody to apologize apologize because you want them to actually put themselves into your shoes and indicate that empathy and recognize that when they stand in your shoes, irrespective of what their intention was, when they put themselves in their shoes, what they have done actually has caused you harm. To acknowledge that and then to express that regret that I recognize what I have done has hurt you. And without trying to rationalize or justify it or even minimize, but let me explain why I did it. That's not the point. You are actually just putting yourself into the other person's shoes and admitting that what I have done has hurt you and I apologize to it. And now that I look at it from your, your perspective, what mm-hmm. I have done would have hurt you and mm-hmm. that you accept, accept responsibility for the harm that, you've been, that you have caused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Uh, Pushy underscore passion on Twitter says, you know, uh, please ask Dr. Tsipi, so how to deal with an unapologetic partner even when they are wrong, they twist everything and then you end up being the one who apologizes. So essentially, 
the one who's not the transgressor ends up apologizing. That's just gaslighting. Yeah. Um, what is what is interesting about, uh, I, I didn't get the name, is that that person is actually struggling with putting themselves into your shoes. And even if they are struggling, it's a power thing for them. Mm. Because one of the ways of putting yourself in the other shoes and acknowledging that your actions intentionally or unintentionally have caused them harm. And irrespective of what your intention was, they have um, experienced that harm and you are taking responsibility for it and you're expressing and you're making a commitment to correcting it. If you are refusing to do that, it actually erodes the trust and the mm-hmm. fundamental basis of what's going to make the relationship work. So in terms of the message, the person who sent the message, it is now incumbent upon you to assess, do I want this person in my life anymore? Because if they cannot recognize how they have harmed me, and they don't, cannot recognize that they are fallible as people, meaning that they're not perfect, and they're capable of hurting others, especially me, they value me and they value our relationship, they would see the wrongdoing that they have done. And if they can't, do I want to be in a relationship with this person? Because those are the basic for a toxic relationship and an emotionally toxic um, relationship. So you mm. need to be able to recognize how to step away from it and show the courage to walk away from it. Sure. Doc, we're going to take a break. When we come back, so many comments hmm. are coming through on the timeline and we are going to read them. So thank you for engaging with us on Personal Mastery. This really is a session about you. It's, it's got very little to do with us as much as it is equally engaging for us, but it really is for you. So let's take full advantage of the excellence of Dr. Tabiso Matenchi as we cover a range of issues. Anything you want to say about uh, apologizing in your own personal experience, feel free to tweet us, hashtag the morning flavor. All right, how to make the perfect apology? You have to try. It may be near perfect, but you have to try. Dr. Tepisoma Denji is on the line. Doc, I've got a couple of comments, so I will go through them uh, one by one. Here's one from Calvin T. Nkosi saying, I always apologize even though I'm not wrong. Is this a good thing or is, can it be problematic, Doc? Apologizing even when you haven't done something wrong. It is, it is so problematic because of you are actually um, humbling yourself and the other person is not taking responsibility mm. for their own actions and therefore uh, reciprocating by also humbling themselves. It's important that we recognize that reciprocity is not just about giving and receiving love. It is also about acknowledging that we are not perfect human beings. We're going to rub each other the, heart, the wrong way and we need to take responsibility for it if we want the relationship to heal and we want to actually take care of each other emotionally. So if you are always apologizing the other person is right, wow, that's a power differential that is actually exploitative if you think about it. Mm. So you need to be able to recognize that that's not healthy in the long term. Pushi says, please ask uh, Mem Tebiso how to deal with an unapologetic partner. Even when they are wrong, they would twist everything. Then you end up being the one who apologizes. Um, I think we've already dealt with that. Mm, Recognize mm, that who they are. Mm, now mm. you need to make the, ch- do the decision about do you stay in the relationship or do you leave? Because if you deserve better and you believe you are... Okay, sorry about that, Doc. I think I, I liked too many <laughs> comments there. All right, here's another one. This is uh, my Yonish one. I'm very good at apologizing. I even apologize to my seven-year-old daughter. I mean, you highlighted the importance of, as well, yes. you know, instilling that sense of uh, behavior within children as well. Um, particularly with regards to 
children see them know that they are loved and they are cared for when they have hurt somebody they're able to actually admit it without lying or minimizing or ducking and diving but you also want them to be able to own up without them thinking by me saying i apologize to my to my sibling or to mom in return that means that i'm not good enough and for a lot of children when they're so small they struggle with that understanding that if i've done something wrong that means i'm not loved and they will try to hide it so they don't get into trouble Mm. so it's always important that you make that connection real for them don't just assume it will be automatic that they will get it Dr. At Abel underscore Selwane says there is nothing more classy or powerful than showing forgiveness and grace to someone who does not deserve it. So my question is, is there not a negative to this perspective, which is the classic turn the other cheek, be the bigger person, act like how I born um, turn the other cheek is not the same as at like our born. Okay. <laughs> I see the, the, those things at very, at, at very, as two different things. Mm-hmm. Because turning the other cheek is that I'm aware that you have hit me. You know you have hit me. You know that you've offended me. I know that you've offended me. But I am actually going to move on because I'm not going to let you arrest me based on your behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to be the better person. You go low, I go high. But then pretending that you haven't offended me, I find that a lot of relationships, particularly relationships that are fragile, that we tend to pretend and sweep things under the carpet because if we're to call the other person to order about mm. the fact that they've crossed our boundaries it might just shake the very core of who we are mm. and it might threaten mm. the fact that we might even have to think about leaving because if I have to admit that you have hurt me that means I'm invested and that means I'm vulnerable to you and I might lose my power in the way of showing you that I'm vulnerable and you might abuse that and then I would have to have conversations that are very difficult for me to confront about our relationship mm. Mm. yeah yeah, Doc, this has been such a useful session indeed, and um, we continue to engage with ourselves and embark on this process of introspection. And I think also apologizing with detail spe- over specific things I have found in my experience has been something that also helps mm-hmm. um, the other person in seeing that you really, really mean what you say. So thank yeah. you for this, Doc. And um, yeah, I guess another useful session. If people want to reach you, where do we find you, Doc? Um, people can find me on, uh, I don't know, how can you do this to me? On Twitter, it's at Timatent. My website is Um Yeah. All right, that's we'll fine. <laughs> we will tweet the rest for you. Thank you very much, Dr. Tepiso Matenji, psychologist on today's topic. You can follow her on Twitter at Timatent, and uh, you can check out matenji.com online. We're done. We are done. What a great show. Happy Monday to all of you. It's been a great one. Let's meet again tomorrow. Indeed. It is a good morning. Good day. And good vibes. That's right. Some sake with pearls to swine. Hello.